Life Audio. But it's going to be about case building. It's going to be about Hmm. blame shifting. It's going to be... Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Hey. 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 Hey, brother. What's going on, buddy? Hey, buddy. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. Man, it's good to be back. Uh, Especially, I want to hear about your weekend. Apparently, you had an interesting time. I want to hear about it. What did you do? What did you see? Where did you go? So, we actually went to our former producer's homeland. Okay. Also known as Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Okay. And uh, me, Rick... Pat and Pat's girlfriend, Jojo, um, she actually got us tickets. She works for some nonprofit. I may be botching this, but I think she works for a nonprofit that um, does a lot of work with MDA, MDA Muscular Dystrophy Association. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and you know, Pat has something within that muscular dystrophy. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And so she actually got us not only tickets to the game, but field passes. Um, so we got to meet one of the players, Naheem Hines. He's the backup running back for oh, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we got to meet him, take on a the picture field. with him on the field, dude. So that stadium is pretty new too, and it's stadium sick. is nice. Lucas Oil Stadium is amazing. But walking out of that tunnel into like under the lights, and you just see all the field and wow. how big the crowd is and stands are. Dude, it was awesome. I've been going to sports events my whole life. I don't recall. I don't believe I've ever been on a professional like NFL stadium. Wow. Um, so it was cool. Even just feeling the turf, watching guys warm up, yeah. um, talking to Naheem Hines before the game. He actually ended up scoring a touchdown in the game. That's pretty cool. Um, That's man, pretty cool. it was just a really cool experience. Ate at some nice restaurants downtown. Uh, the Airbnb JoJo picked out was amazing. Wow. It was just a really cool weekend. Nice, quick getaway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So you have some pictures? I do. So okay. Jorian's going to post up some pictures here. So hold on about- a second. So, so that one, you're wearing a jersey. Uh, well, look, we're not. Oh, no, 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 stop, no. Stop, stop. <laughs> you're wearing a jersey. I believe that's number 18. It jersey. is. You know who that is? I don't. I really don't. I borrowed it from a friend. I really don't know whose jersey it was. I know it was Colts colors, so I wore it. Okay. As okay. far as who it was, no. All right. Okay. All joking aside, so they have a Indianapolis Colts Ring of Honor. Yeah. Meaning, like their best players get nominated into the Ring of Honor. So they were actually nominating a new person. I can't remember his name into the Ring of Honor during halftime. Yeah. So Peyton Manning was there. Edrin, That's whose jersey it was. Edron James was there. Reggie Wayne, Jeff Saturday, wow. Marvin Harrison. They're all there the day they you went? They were all wow. there on the field. So it was super cool to see them, honestly. Wow. But, yes. It's, and so that's whose jersey you're wearing. So, yes. It's also – has nothing to do with Tennessee. It was an Indianapolis on, Colts thing. It was also the new Lucas Oil Stadium. Nickname is the house that Peyton built. And I'm just curious, what college did he go to and play football in? This, took, this drastically took huh? a turn for the worse. The so, real huh? UT. Well, the real UT, University so look, of Tennessee, who right now, as we is do this. Is this going to drop before they play Georgia or after? This is going to drop before. This is dropping, yeah, this week. Okay. Before. So, so right now we are number two in the land. them right now, We dude. are number two in the land, and we are going tomorrow. We're going to Athens, Georgia, to play the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Anyways, anyways, I just felt like that was cool. That's a cool experience, cool pictures that awesome that weekend put up. Um, it is kind of unreal. You know, I've spent a lot of time on a professional field like that and it is kind of a cool it never gets old you know 
looking up and having that feeling of people yeah. cheering you on and stuff. So, uh, so I don't know if high school basketball is the same, but yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> He's referring to the league, little league game he just coached his son Eli at this weekend. Uh, apples and oranges, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it felt similar okay. to being on the Colts stadium. Okay, okay. So I needed that laugh, man. So that's cool. I, I um, kind of a transition. Uh, just you know, we try to be pretty vulnerable on the pod and tell, share with you things that we're going through, and obviously that's an amazing time. And, and I've been going through a pretty rough time. Um, not sleeping much. Uh, it's not about me. It's just my mentor, um, Pat Hood, just over the weekend, you know, just the, the, the incredibly hard loss of his wife, Amy. Uh, and so just walking through that, she was a friend. I was at their house the night before watching football and, and she was laughing and, and, um, the next morning she's gone and just how hard that is on their family. And, um, you never really know. There's nothing to say in those moments. Yeah. Man. You just, just got to be there and, mm. and be present. And, and so I've just wept a lot with the family. And, um, I guess I just ask you guys, I mean, a lot of you, if, if you're alumni and stuff, you've come through the program and you've, you've gone to life point church on a rotation. And so, you know, life point and Pat's the, um, the, the head pastor of, of, of the, of all the campuses really, but of the Smyrna campus and, so I ask that you pray for his family. I ask for you pray. Uh, you pray for our church. That's where I go. Um, and so, yeah, just join us in prayer in that. And, and I don't know. I felt like I wanted to say that, and that's what's going on in my heart, and, and things like that. And, and also, I would believe in prayer, man. Yeah. And so I know a lot of the people watching us are prayer warriors, mm. and and so please pray for for Pat, yes. his family, and the church. Yes. Uh, just for healing and direction and things like that. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, let's get in. I think the episode that we're going to talk about today is very good. I yes. think what we want to talk about is blame shifting. We want to talk about case uh, building case building, and things like that. I really want to get into it, but let's do that right after uh, a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
And we're back. We're back. So today's episode, I don't know what the title is going to be, but it's going to be about case building. It's going to be about mm. blame shifting. It's going to be uh, about a lot of things. And I'll start us off, man. I'll start us off about yeah. case building that I see in while they're at treatment. And guys, we, we don't talk about, we talk about a title. We don't talk about the structure of it beforehand and kind of want it to be smooth. But let me talk about case building in the program. Yes. And maybe you talk about it. Uh, and things to watch out for and red flags and things like that and, and outside or any other walk of life, yeah. right? Is that, is that good? Yeah. And so I think case building that I see and blame shifting, maybe you hit more and they're, they're similar. Um, but case building that I see, and it, and it happens all the time, there's a, there's a moment, and we talked about a few episodes about fight or flight, uh, that you, you, something clicks. And I experienced it going through uh, a program, uh, and I see it. I've seen it for 10 years. And something clicks, and I mean, it's so weird, like, things that you enjoyed before are now not viewed the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I give silly examples, like the paint on the wall, you know, or the food that was okay now is not good. The people aren't fun. The music's annoying. Why do I have to get up and do this? When all of those things you were enjoying and you were in rhythm before. And so what happens in case building is you start to assassinate your scenario, you start to assassinate the character of the people around you. You start to build up a case that justifies you making a bad decision. Now, when you're in a program, that justification, that case building is, I'm making a case of why I should leave. Most of the time, uh, well, there's two. I will not say most of the time. Maybe it's 50-50. Some of the time, it's I'm making a case against this place so family Yes. will sign off on and allow me to come back to a place to live or understand why I'm leaving and things like that. Other times it's justifying it in your own brain to be the hero. Like, uh, man, I just, there's a bill coming up at the end of this month. And if I go and do this, I got to pay this bill. I'm going to need to be there for my kid's high school game. It's one of his last games. I need to do this. All of these things are true and great. But you're building up this case. You're building up this platform that enables you to make a decision that is not good. It's making a decision that you're going to leave the very place that God has you for healing so you don't ever have to go back to a place like that again. Uh, You came there not because you were responsible, not because you were the dad of the year, not because you were paying all of your bills, not because you came there because you were broken. You were hurt. You needed help. Now you've built up a case that you're now I can leave because I am able to do those things. And I always say, I always ask, and I, and I hated this argument when it was said against me. And I've said all these. I've done all these. I, oh, yeah. remember, I remember building a case. Yeah. But I always ask this. I said, you know, do you feel like God's called you here? And, you know, most of the time it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes people are forced to be here. Um, but most of the time if someone's forced to be here, the family's not going to buy into case building because they've gone through it before. Right. I always ask, hey, you know, do you feel like God's called you to be here? And, you know, yeah, 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 of course. Well, do you think God knew how long the program was? And so is this an example of you, now you're doing it your way, now you've built up enough case, you've justified it in your brain, and I just want you to pause. Maybe you're broke, your brain's broke right now, and you should listen to the people that God's put around you, listen to the people that love you the most in your family and your friends, and listen to the righteous people who are just trying to help, who've been where you've been. 
Yes, going to paying a bill. Yes, going to a game. Yes, all these things are good things. And then even on the other side, yeah, maybe the paint isn't the best. Maybe the food isn't your type of food. Maybe the the people there are different than you. Maybe the music that's being played isn't your genre. Maybe you didn't like a certain church that we went to. But even so, you're using those things to Mm self-sabotage. And I think it's brain broke to think that. And it's like when you build a case to make a bad decision, I pray, I pray that you can just, you're hearing this right now and you're playing scenarios maybe in your life right now. And it's, you're, you're justifying things. You're, you're telling a story to yourself. You're making things worse than they are. And I pray that you just pause, like pause for a minute and then let truth come in, be in God's word, call someone, a believer, a man of God, a woman of God. Beep, beep, beep. That was a sign. Listen, (laughs) pause, listen. And call them and then run everything by them. And if they start to question certain things, don't get defensive, right? And just hear them. Hopefully there's someone in your life. If there's not that person in your life, that's step one. Because you making a decision based on, on all of these justifications without lining it up with God's word, without running it by a man or one woman of God is a mistake. And, and man, I just hope that you pause. And if it's a decision, maybe you're listening to this and you're in the program right now, because I believe they do play these sometimes. Yeah. I've heard that they've played a few yeah. of them. I, I pray that you just pause and know that, that this isn't a surprise to God. You've committed to something. Follow through on your commitment. Yeah. Yeah, and this is something I'm going to continue to touch on case building just because it's so prevalent. And if you've ever gone through addiction and been to a program or tried to get help, that's always a part of someone's story. 99% of the time, at some point in your recovery, there's been a time where you've case built. And yeah. we're speaking from experience of doing this ourselves and then serving men who also do it themselves. And it's what we touched on in last episode is like families standing firm and yeah. doing what is best for their loved one. Yeah. You know, because whenever we get to a place like this, it's like my immediate reaction is to flee, leave and do it myself. Yeah. You know, I've heard case, you know, when when it comes to case building as far as just I mean, you know, I've already learned my lesson. You've been here three days, man. I know what to do. I just got to yeah. do it. Can't tell you how many times I've heard that. I know what to do. I just got to do it. Or like you're saying, the bed suck. The food sucks. Um, it's too spiritual for me. I got to go here. I got to be here. And it's like all that's good and well. And some of those things may be legitimate. But on the flip side of that, it's like, my man, I just had five years to do that. I just had 10 years to do those things. I just had 20 years to do those things. So God set aside this time in my life for my sole focus to be fixated on him, the cross and my relationship with him, that intimacy to be built and established um, and reaffirmed so that I don't ever find myself in the same circle once again. But I'm going to go back to what we kind of discussed last week because it's so important. If you have a loved one who's going to rehab or you're hoping that he goes to rehab or he's currently in rehab, there's probably going to be some case building during his time there. And you've got to know that you have to stand firm on what you know he needs best. He's going to give you the runaround with everything you could possibly think of. And once again, he knows how many outs he has. So he knows what case needs to be built in order for my loved ones to give into this. So I'm going to build a case that I know, okay, if I push this agenda, if I push that agenda, if I provide this, you know, 
this irresponsible or this irrevocable case to them, then man, they're probably going to give in. And you just have to stand firm. Like you have to stand firm in, in knowing that, Hey, he's at this place for a reason. He's needed this for a very long time. And until he walks through these emotions, until he walks through these thoughts, until he walks through these feelings around godly men in a safe environment, they're always going to be a recurring theme in his life until he can walk through them faithfully. Yeah, I agree. And, and I mean, I know for a fact that there's families and, and people that listen to this that have never come through S2L nor their family members. And so I want to add to that and speak to them. And, and then also family members of those, you know, that have struggled or struggling with addiction. Yeah. And so I'm about to put us on blast guys, uh, like we always do. Uh, but, I think a part of our job is is when when we coach up. If someone calls their family member struggling, what do I do? And I mean a simple, kind of generic, but a very simple and thoughtful phrase. Is, and I thought make it as easy as possible for them to walk into a place of recovery, and as hard as possible for them to stay in a life of mm. addiction. Amen. So with that said, I mean here's what the like families. I need you to know. Um, whether it's at S2L or any place, I, I pray that it's a place that you've found and you trust and you've talked with and you have a rapport with the staff. Maybe not, you know, once a week, rapport with the staff. You, you, they're, they're talking with you. And so if you get the call on whatever allotted call day is and you just start hearing a whole bunch of things, it's like wild. Like they did what? They said what? They're making you do what? They served you what? They only allowed what? They did this and that. Take it all in um, and to prevent some sort of super fine on the phone, let the person, your family member, your loved one know that they're validated and you're hearing them. But before you react or act or give in or believe, call the person that you have rapport with and let them know, hey, here's a list of things. And it's my son saying this, I'm not saying that I believe them, but I'm checking in on it because I love my son. And I think you'll see that uh, that's not how things are at all. That's a case that was built to get you to believe that your loved one is better off at home or they're manipulating your um, your enabling side, your I want to rescue you side, your which, you know, we talk we could talk about the go watch hope after addiction podcast and, and you know, and, and you can learn about that. But they're 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 dabbing on your instincts to save them and you've got to slow down and let's fact check and i think what you'll see most of the time again i pray it's a trusted place that's doing right uh, and you have a relationship with them if not send them to s2l recovery s2l recovery.org mm. uh, and and call the facility call the person your liaison maybe their coach and let them know hey here's a list of things he said and, you know, and, and see what the truth is and see what not the truth is and then develop a plan with the coach. And I think it would be a united front of the people that love him and the people that are trying to help him come out of this pit is always the best. Because if you give in and you pull that rescue, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be his savior trigger and he'll never meet his savior. Hmm. And you'll be that. You'll literally love him or her to death. Hmm. That That's the reality of what enabling does. And so... Um, I mentioned the Hope After Addiction podcast. I want to make sure in the next few episodes we talk about our new channel. It's called Life After Addiction. The links for both of those new channels are in our show notes. Uh, here in a few weeks, we will only be posting new episodes on that channel. So go subscribe and like. And please, my wife 
is one of the hosts on uh, Hope After Addiction. I can't come home at night and see her telling me, hey, we have more subscribers than you. I can't do that, guys. <laughs> We've been doing this for over a year now. I need you to stand strong. Go over to Life After Addiction Podcast and subscribe. Your name doesn't show up. Don't have to worry about any of that. And then after a week, go and subscribe to their channel. But I need to be ahead for a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of case building, though, I remember thinking <laughs> good segue. Thinking of back to a time in my life, though, where like it was always everything but me. I was always pointing at everything yeah, as the man. problem but me. It, it cannot be me. It's anything and everything but me. And I use this analogy. It's like I literally, and, and I say it jokingly, but I'm dead serious. Where I was at mentally and emotionally, yeah. I could have been in heaven, and I would have complained that the streets were 10-karat gold and not 24-karat gold. And you convince yourself of this Literally. Yeah. Like I, I, I felt that way so many times. And I think back, I went to the first place I went to was in Houston. Now, granted, it wasn't a Christ-centered facility, but there's still good things that I could have gained sure. from it and grasped from it. But Spit my immediate, exactly, yeah. my immediate response was to, you know, look at everything and anything I could grab onto to build a case as to why I should not be here. Yeah. And man, I, I'll say it again: it's like perseverance and steadfastness and being patient is so important to finding freedom in Christ. My best ideas yeah. got me to rehab, like yeah. my very best ideas. So my best ideas in rehab before I've even allowed the Lord to transform my heart and renew my mind are still going to be the same ideas that got me to where I'm at. Yeah. So trying to allow those same very thoughts and ideas to lead me out of here, I'm going in the same direction I was going prior to coming here. And yeah. that's not going to lead to anywhere beneficial. That's not going to lead to anywhere fruitful. The best thing you could do as someone who is going into a program, specifically a Christ-centered program, is listen and adhere to the wisdom and guidance of the people around you. These men have been, at least I can speak on behalf of S2L, these are men who have been through the trenches, who yeah. have sat in the same chairs that you're sitting in, who have talked to the same, you know, brothers in Christ, who have lived that life and found freedom in Christ. And it wasn't by doing it Ryan's way. I would never be here still to this day if I did it Ryan's way. Yeah. My plans for my life look drastically different than God's plans for my life. And that's continues to be the case in some areas of my life, you know, yeah. but you have to be patient. You have to sit still. You cannot continue to make permanent decisions based off temporary emotions and think it's going to lead you to anywhere that's fruitful for your life. Yeah. It just doesn't happen like that. So listen to the guidance and wisdom of not only your loved ones who sent you to a place because they know you needed it, but to the people, the counselors, the therapists, the teachers, the recovery coaches at the current facility you're at, because God placed them there for a reason yeah. and they have something for you that you desperately need. But if you're not willing to adhere to wise counsel and guidance, You'll forever be your God and lead yourself to places that are not good, not not fruitful. Man, that's a strong word. And I, I want to make a comment and then take a break and come back. And I want to expound on that in the blame-shifting mode of what you just said. But to his point, before we go on break, I mean, at some point, I, I really want, I want to meet people where they are. And sometimes I break things down logically, and sometimes that's a waste of time. Yeah. But there's some that logically they really need to hear it, right? And some they're just they're aware that this is this is all manipulation, and they're aware that in six hours when they finally make it home, they're getting high immediately. But some really struggle, and they just they maybe it's kind of not so clear that that's what they want to do, and they really need logical, and then they respond well to it. And here's something logical: 
if it is a Christ-centered organization that you have been sent to or you're sending your loved one to, I guess I'm speaking to you, the one that potentially could be case-building, and you're in a program. If it's a Christ-centered place, um, nonprofit, here's what I can promise you. For the most part, and I mean a big percentage, I can't say all because I can't speak for all, but if that is the case, the people there that he just mentioned, the coaches, the clinical, the therapists, the on and on and on, they're there making a lot less money than they could in a secular situation with the talents and the gifts that they've given, that they've been given. They could be doing a lot of other things, making more money. So it's not money. It's not, they're there because it is a, it is a passion and a calling that's been put on their life and they're, it's serving, they're serving you. And so it, logically, when you see that, it's like, why is this guy so adamant that I stay here? He benefits nothing. Yeah. Why is this guy so adamant about spending time with me when I'm just trying to leave? He benefits nothing. Like, he doesn't get a bonus if I stay. He, 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 you know what I mean? And so logically, you, when you process that, you then have to ask yourself, why are they so loving? Why do they love me so well? Well, uh, the quick answer is, oh, they got paid to do that. Well, man, you got to take into account what I just said. They get paid a lot more money out of other places, man. Yeah. So wrestle with that and then ask, why do they do that? And where you'll conclude is because of the love of the Father. We love because He first loved us. Not only that, we've been where you've been, and we've tasted the pit of despair, and then we've tasted the goodness of God, and we want you to taste it. Like, if you could just taste it, you could just taste it. Yeah. Man, you, you will despise addiction, and you will fight a different way. You will fight a different way. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back. Yeah. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. We're back. We're back. And again, if you're if you're just listening, the reason we're excited when we come back is because there's an epic paper, rock, scissors. What's the name of that? You said it? Rochambeau? Rochambeau. I think Rochambeau. it's like the the proper name okay. I, i'm paper rock scissors paper rock scissors yeah. and it's a heated battle but anyways we're back i want to talk about blame shifting it's really in line of everything we've been talking about yeah. but because you started the sentence earlier uh, before we went on break and you go everything was always something else it was never mm-hmm. me i mean imagine imagine just how how there is no healing there is no growth there is no peace there is no comfort there is no Basically, I could list the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There's none of that when everything that happens to you and everything you operate in is victimizing you. It's always him did this to me. It's always this, but he didn't do this. Why is this happening to me? They have a slant against me. They don't like me. Well, why did he get to stay in that bed and not me? Why did he get to do this and not me? It's always this victim mentality, and I promise you, from that mentality, you will not, will not walk in, live in, receive, 
feel the fruits of the Holy Spirit because you are a victim. And the Spirit of God proclaims that you are more than a conqueror, that you are adopted in and you are a child of the Most High God, the star breather, the one from nothing that burst forth everything because he spoke, says that you are his mind, and yet you're a victim. Man, he treated me badly. Man, this happened. And, you, and then and you, when you want to talk about healing from depression, we talked about, um, I'm not sure when, but we, we had a talk with Josh Epifanio, and it might be yeah. next week. Uh, and he, he had a great conversation. He was like, man, my mindset was just, I wanted to be in this. It was punitive. Imagine if you stop blaming everyone else around you for everything, and you were no longer a victim, what would happen? Well, I'll tell you. If you're not a victim, then you're an active participant which means you can actively march towards freedom from whatever bondage that you're playing in. You can actively deal with whatever situation that's put on you. But if you're a victim, you have no power, you have no control, and it's up to everyone else that dictates your life. Who wants to live like that? Yeah. Well, victims do, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and the, and the um, currency of our culture says the biggest victim is the one that's paid the most, right? You, you get the most clout if you're the most victimized person or you're the most... Uh, persecuted person, mm-hmm. and we've talked about that before. Yep. But that's a that's a a dead end street. Yeah, toxic way to live. There's no way out of that. And I mean, blame shifting will keep keep you in that pit that we've been talking about. But if you stop being a victim and you take control of your life in the aspect of I'm not hearing this, I'm not allowing this. I, you could say all of this that you want. I'm taking control and I'm surrendering that control to Christ. Now, what does Christ say about me? And that's all the things that I've already said. Yeah, that that victim mentality, that blame shifting. There's an analogy I've used, and I, I think I've used it on previous uh, previous podcasts. But it's like letting loose those squirrels. You know, I want the attention to be on anywhere but me, so I don't have to address Ooh. things within my heart and in my life. So what I do to my loved ones is I let loose this squirrel. That's what it is. Mm. And then my family's shuffling and running around and trying to, you know, get it and, and fix it and, and do this. Okay, and they bring it back to me. Now I let another one loose. Okay, no, no, now it's that. So then they go get that one. They round it up. They bring it back to me. They address that. Okay, well, now it's that. I let another one loose. And it's this revolving cycle and game that, like, I'm going to point you any and everywhere as to what's going on and why that's an issue. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. When in reality, I'm just deflecting because I don't want to face what's in my heart. I don't want to address certain things. I don't want to change because I know that change revolves transformation. And there's going to be a lot of things that I'm doing now that I can no longer do if I want a different life. And so I'm going to do everything I can to shift the focus, to shift the attention onto something or somebody else and make it seem like it's that. So my family's so caught up in trying to fix this and do that and go here and go there that, man, I'm just over here sitting, just waiting to bring up the next excuse, bring up the next thing that can set them off track or do whatever the case may be. So I don't have to address things within me. Yeah. I remember Bruce, um, he told me this military tactic one time and I asked him to repeat it so many times, like in catapult and stuff. But there is there is a interrogation tactic, and I think this is accurate. I think Bruce said this, I believe, and I could be misquoting, but it is, it is trained by the military that if you are being if you're captured and being integra- interrogated, you admit nothing, you deny everything, and you make immediate counteraccusations. Well, that sounds like what you just said, mm-hmm. and because that puts it off on someone else, that causes chaos with the people over here. That causes, you know, that you they never get to the truth. If you put, keep that wall up and if the truth is known and freedom comes, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
and you never want to get to the truth, you don't want to be free. Yeah. Like if you're stuck in a place of blame shifting or um, case building, I really want to talk. I mean, one, you're just going to have to hear this in a place of humility and say, yeah, that sounds like me. And then I'm going to ask you to dig deeper. Because if you're living that life, you don't want to be free. And that could be rolled, and we talk about this in another episode, like I said with Joshua Pafanio, and we kind of dug into it. It could be rolled into some punitive stuff, like I I deserve this punishment, mm-hmm. or I feel comfortable in this pit of despair. I'm putting walls, like pictures on the walls. But if you're living in that place of blame shifting or of case building, calling you out, brother or sister, you don't want to be free. You won't hear what we have to say because you don't want to hear the truth. And the Bible, the Word of God says the truth will set you free. So You know what's sad that you saying that I just thought about? It's like, because we, we did that podcast with Josh. I don't know when it's going to drop, like you said, but it's almost easier to live a life, or so we think, we convince ourselves um, that it's easier to live a life where no one expects anything from you. Mm. So if I just continue in this pit, I continue and wallow in this shame and guilt and just this darkness where I've destroyed everything so many times over and over. Everybody's mm. lost trust and faith in me that, man, that's an easier place to live Yeah, because I'm not expected of much. Not much is expected of me. And so therefore, I'd rather it be that way because I don't know if I can find freedom. But if I did, then there's expectations that come along with it to maintain it and live a certain way and be trustworthy and be a man of integrity and be and that. man, that just seems too hard. I'll just stay where I'm at. That's so good. And I mean, praise God, we don't think that way. Praise God, we don't think that way anymore. And the full circle of that is the only way that you can continue living that way is if you numb. Hmm. which only causes you living that way even more. So you live this way of depression, of blaming, of I, everything that, that Chittister just said. The only way to stay in that place is to numb because you don't want to feel it. And as long as you numb, you know what? You could probably live that life for a while. But the moment that that numbing agent, whether it be pill, whether it be porn, whether it be alcohol, whether it be weed, whether it be whatever... The moment that that numbing agent becomes a problem in your life, that numbing agent is going to start being seen by your loved ones. And so you're immediately going to start blame shifting and making these cases around that. But at some point, guys, the agent of numbing goes away. Or you die, or you go away to jail. Or you've lost everything. And then in that moment, maybe some of you are in that moment. Maybe you're hit. Maybe you're caught. Maybe you just had a... um, some kind of um, intervention. Maybe you're a week in rehab for the first time. Maybe you're a week out and you can relate to all this. But the moment that that agent's gone, you're faced with, I can either continue blaming everything around me and everyone around me for my circumstance. I can continue to build a case of why woe is me that I'm in this circumstance. And if I just convince enough people, I could get over here. But you're in that moment. You're, you're there. So you can either do those things and continue to be in this pit of despair, but you don't have that numbing agent anymore, or you could stop doing that. And and what does that look like? It starts with repentance. Because if, like he said, I believe it was this episode, or maybe it was last, it, it was last because we talked about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't understand that you need forgiveness, then you don't need the gospel. 
And if you don't need the gospel, then that means you're perfect. And if you're perfect, man, maybe, maybe you're Jesus and we just didn't know you. And you're like watching a podcast. Obviously, all that's silly to say. Yes, you're not perfect. Repent. Repent. Have a humble heart. And then when things come and you start to feel uncomfortable and that first reaction is to he, they, why me? Pause for a moment and be like, why did this circumstance happen? Almost guarantee you that it's because of you. And I say that carefully, man, right? I say that very carefully because, man, you maybe have gone through some major trauma in your life. Like, I've seen the worst. Not not me personally. I, I, I didn't have that kind of childhood. I had some things we could talk about, but not like I've seen over a decade of doing this that there is wickedness that's happened to kids. Yeah. That turned, I say that it's because of you, even with that in mind. You know why? Because that person that did that to you at whatever age no longer has control or power over you. Your mind, get the help, do the work to heal from that. Maybe it's therapy. Maybe it's opening up and being a little bit vulnerable and allowing to trust someone again. Maybe That's all work, guys and gals. That's hard to do. If you want to be lazy and do nothing, stay in that pit of despair. But it's miserable. It's even more miserable when you're hit and you can't get your, your substance to numb it anymore. But if you want to climb out of it, man, it is by God's grace, His sovereignty. He does the healing, but there's man's responsibility too. you got to do the work. It's not easy to call and apologize. It's not easy to let someone tell you that you've done something wrong and let it sink in and not immediately blame someone else because that makes you look bad. It's not easy to do all these things, and it's work, but you got to do it. That's the truth, and God's Word is truth, and the truth will set you free. Hmm. Yeah. So moms, dads, wives, families, brothers, sisters, grandparents, Uncles. stand firm. Stand yeah. firm in doing the right thing and do not give in to the case building. I told you on one thing last because I hear it a lot, probably more so than anything. And once again, we talked about it in the episode with Josh. One of the biggest cases built is I'm not as bad as these guys. <sighs> I'm not as bad as these guys. I don't care if you've been an IV heroin user for 20 years or you've been addicted to alcohol for a year. Or if you've been addicted to porn for 10 years, man, none are righteous. No, not one. And freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that and that alone. So what you used, how long you used it, how long you've been an addict, whether you've been homeless or not, whether you're using, you know, hardcore drugs or not, time. it's all the same. And if God called you here, it's for a purpose. You cannot free yourself. No matter how little you want to or how much you want to minimize your addiction because it wasn't this guy's over here and you're not as bad as these guys. So therefore, I don't need the same level of help that they need. Yeah. My brother, you need a Lord and Savior. Yeah. And, and there's one and only. And that little thing that you're trying to justify that's not as bad as the heroin or whatever, you worship that as an idol. Mm. And that's called idolatry. The same idolatry as the guy sticking the needle in his arm. He worshiped that as an idol. So I don't care that it was weed or alcohol or beer or porn. You were worshiping that as an idol. No, I wasn't. That's ridiculous. I wasn't praying to it. Well, you exchange God's glory and his promises of what he says to do to fulfill the needs that you're reaching. You exchange those for bootleg cheap substitutes and trusted in them to fulfill you. That is idolatry. Hmm. And you worship it. So stop trying to compare your idol to their idol because they're both idols. And that, my friends, mm. is life after addiction. And you better believe it. Come on.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L, dot net. For more information about S2L's license, That's S, the number two, L, recovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.